I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you, and we're going to talk about some things that will help you. Uh, no matter where you're at, maybe you're struggling with something in a big way. Well, this will help you. Maybe you just want to kind of take a little more control over your your thoughts, which directly impact your words and actions. Uh, maybe you just want better understanding of the people around you. Well, this is a good one for you. My guest today is a licensed professional counselor. Her name is Deborah Faleta, and she has a book that just dropped. It's called Reset. looks just like this, uh, and she's you know, really helping us take control over our thoughts, understand our feelings, change our life, maybe break some of those bad habits. And more importantly, when you break a bad habit, you got to replace it with a good one. So we're going to talk through some of those things. Deborah, great to have you on Life Today Live. It's so good to be here. So you've done quite a few books. You do a lot of speaking, uh, a lot of counseling, obviously. Um, what do you, what, why this book at this time? Because I, I find usually when, when someone like you devotes time enough and energy to a book, it's because of a need that you're seeing. Is this, is this kind of a big one right now? Yeah, you know, I feel that the past few years, especially with 2020 and everything that we endured, a lot of things came up to the surface of people's lives. You know, if you think about it, human beings are kind of like a volcano and all of that stress and pressure begins to build underneath the surface. And if we're not aware of it, what eventually happens is that pressure comes up and finds the point of least resistance in some sort of an explosion. And so that could be relationship conflict, that could be depression and anxiety, that could be anger and rage, it could be addictions. And, and all of these things have started coming up to the surface of people's lives, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to heal from it. So Reset is a book to help you change your behaviors and deal with some of those hard things, but deal with them from the inside out rather than what we often do is try to deal with them externally, superficially, mm. and then they keep coming back again and again and again. Yeah, it's like we try to cap that volcano so people don't notice or it doesn't hurt or, you know, people around us maybe out of good intentions. But I'm old enough to have experienced, you know, some things that I, I usually, I know something's off and I can tell that I'm feeling something thing uh do we do we tend to know it should we kind of listen to our 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 own internal alarm bells telling us that that something's wrong so that we can you know pay attention to that so that we can deal with it is that a valid approach that's a valid approach and you know it's interesting it's an approach that's very rare because Hmm. we are wired to kind of stuff our emotions And and i think unfortunately sometimes in the christian culture we we, we talk negatively about feelings, like feelings can't be trusted and, and have faith over feelings, but feelings themselves are not the enemy. It's what we do with those feelings. Feelings alone are just a signal. It's God saying, hey, pay attention. Something's going on underneath the surface here that I want you to pay attention to. And oftentimes when we, when we actually pay attention to the feeling, we realize that it's telling us something. 
And, and so a huge part of changing our behavior is backtracking. In counseling and psychology, we know that thoughts lead to feelings and then feelings lead to behavior. So instead of just trying to tweak our behavior, what we really have to do is get to the roots. We have to understand the feeling that's underneath it. And then even deeper than that, what thought or belief system are those feelings rooted in? For example, if I believe that I'm not good enough, I'm going to start feeling insecure. Mm. And if I'm feeling insecure, it's going to start impacting the way that I interact with the people around me. So, so behaviors are rooted in feelings and feelings are rooted in thoughts. And that's really where we have to begin unpacking some of those layers if we actually want long lasting change. Do is, is it a common misconception that our feelings drive our thoughts? Yes. Scientists used to actually believe years and years and years ago that feelings led to thoughts. Mm -hmm. But the most modern science research and psychology points to the reality that it's our thoughts that lead to our feelings. But the thoughts are so subtle. They're flickering in the background. Sometimes they're so familiar that we don't even recognize them. We don't even recognize how toxic and negative they are. But I really believe scripture. I really believe God's word understood this because so many times in scripture, we're led to understanding our thoughts and transforming our thoughts and taking our thoughts captive and thinking about good things. So I really believe that God, before psychology even got the message, God knew the power of our thoughts to influence our feelings and then influence our behavior. So he tells us, start there. If you want to transform your thoughts, that's where it begins. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. That's a behavior. But how do we do that? The next verse, by renewing your mind. And so there's something really powerful about the idea of thought change because it ultimately leads to life change. That is interesting. I, I don't think I've ever really thought about that. But I mean, the scripture doesn't say as a man feels in his right. heart, so is he. It's it's what you think. Uh, so that that's a, just thinking not to be making lame puns, but thinking in those terms actually is empowering, I think, as opposed to the the feelings that people say you can't trust your feelings, like you said. But I think it's if, if our feelings are driving our thoughts, then I could see how that would be a true statement. But if you're saying our thoughts drive our feelings, that's much more empowering. Uh, it is it, because it gives us back some sort of control and mm -hmm. and. And with that control, we have a role, we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. But I always say, if I have no role, then I have no control. And it's worse to have no role and say, there's nothing I can do about this because then you're the victim. Yeah. And I think there's too many people who are living as victims instead of as victors because they don't realize that they actually have some authority in changing their life, affecting their feelings. And, and ultimately changing the way that they think. Yeah. Uh, we have so much power and, and God has given us that power. He's entrusted us with it in the way that he wants us to live our life. And so I think when Jesus says, I want you to have life abundant, it's not just some far-fetched dream. Hmm. It's something that he actually wants us to pursue. And I really believe it starts from the inside out. So if I want to change my thoughts to improve my feelings uh, and directly you know, impact my behavior, uh, is is that something do you think people can or how much can we do on our own as opposed to God having to do it in us? 
I think with regards to the journey of healing, God wants to partner with us. You know, I think about the the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda and when Jesus met him, he asked him, do you want to be healed? <laughs> right. And it's like, well, obviously, you know, <laughs> like when we read that passage, but Jesus wants us to want to be healed mm -hmm. because sometimes we, we, we think we want to be healed, but really we want comfort. We think we want to be healed, but really we want familiarity, you know, because healing takes work and intentionality. And I think Jesus knows that. And he says, do you want to be healed? Because if you do, I'm ready to do it for you. I'm ready to partner with you on this journey. I, I do believe we have a role in partnering with God on the journey of healing. And, and it's an important role. I, I 100% agree. I mean, and I think I think it's illustrated in in James where he says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." I, 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 to me, that just says exactly what you're saying. There's a partnership. So, if I am feeling inadequate, or I am feeling, in my case, I tend to feel frustrated with things. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What's the first step towards setting that right when there's something going on in me that that I'm feeling that I I, I recognize and my wife has probably seen it too, but you know, maybe the rest of the world hadn't seen it yet. What's the, what's the, sort of the first step towards setting that right? Yeah. Well, I, I like that you started with this and, and we'll use you as an example, Randy. This is great. We're going to do like on air counseling here, <laughs> nice. Randy. Nice. You know, I think the reality is that feeling alone isn't bad, right? But it's what you do with that feeling. So let's say that feeling causes you to be short with your family or to snap at your wife or to isolate yourself, right? That's when we're now into a behavior. That's something you don't want in your life, right? right. And, and oftentimes we we try to change the behavior. So so we'll 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 try our best to act polite when 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 we really are angry and and wanting to isolate and wanting to be short <laughs> with people. So we're just trying to tweak the behavior. Right but it doesn't last very long. It, it reminds me actually of a car I had in college that was a lemon. It was one of those cars that everything just broke down. The, the windows would start to roll down randomly. The <laughs> alarm would start to go off in the middle of my driving. The windshield wipers would just go. And I could have dealt with all of those things superficially. I could have duct taped those windows. I could have muffled the alarm, but ultimately I'm not fixing the situation because I'm not getting underneath the hood. So for us to get underneath the hood, it's like, okay, if I'm acting short with my spouse because I'm, it's rooted in some sort of frustration, I'm frustrated. Well, what's that frustration telling me? Maybe that frustration is, 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 is rooted in the belief that I need to be in control and I don't feel in control right now. Maybe, you know, you're, you want things to be a certain way in the house, for example, and they're not in order or they're not up to your standards and, and you're starting to feel chaos you're starting to to feel like you're not in control anymore and you need to be in control well there's that belief i need to be in control mm -hmm. and if i'm not in control something bad's going to happen or maybe the underlying belief is i need to fix this or maybe the underlying belief is i'm not good enough they're making me feel um like i'm not good enough they're kind of pushing on my triggers mm -hmm. Once we start to isolate those thoughts, we can do some real work. So one of the practices, Reset is a book of 31 practices. And we kind of go through layer by layer to help you unpack why you do what you do. But one of the practices that I have you do at the end of the chapter is actually write down your negative thoughts for 24 hours. Every single negative thought that comes into your mind, write it down. Because like I said, sometimes those thoughts are so familiar 
so subtle that we don't even recognize they pop into our brain. We just kind of move on. And so taking your thought captive actually means capturing them, owning them, Mm. putting them down. And, And then what we do in the next chapter is we start looking for patterns and maybe we find a theme and maybe the theme ends up being inadequacy. You know, I, I tend to not feel good enough throughout the day and it it starts to affect my emotions. And then we take it a little bit deeper, Randy. Then we start to figure out, well, where did those beliefs come from? Where did they begin? Where did the enemy start planting those lies in our mind? And sometimes those beliefs go way back to even childhood, mm-hmm. things that we've never addressed, wounds that we've never faced, hurts that we've never dealt with. But the enemy can have a heyday with some of those things by twisting our beliefs. And and out of those negative beliefs come negative thoughts, the negative feelings, and the negative behaviors. So that's what I talk about when I'm talking about the work and intentionality of healing. Oh, boy. That sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure for some people it is. Um, But you've worked with a lot of people. For those who are willing to go through the steps that you lay out and reset, yeah, uh, what do you what do you see at the end? I'm jumping a little bit to the end, but I'm, I want I want to give people a little bit of hope because I I know yes. that it's productive. What do you see when people really well, go through this? Well, let me tell you this: a lot of people do say to me, Deborah, the work of healing is hard. Yeah, but you know what I say: living unhealed is harder. Living unhealed is so much harder than the work of healing because you are carrying this burden with you through life. And not only that, your your own deficits and problems and addictions and anger and struggles begin to seep into the life of everybody around you, into your marriage, into your ministry, into your work, into your relationships. So yes, the work of healing is hard, but it comes with a reward. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the staying unhealed, we're stuck. You know, and, and and there's the burden that we carry that I believe is even harder than the work of healing. The Bible says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I take that literally. I truly believe mm. that when we can replace those negative thoughts and beliefs with God's truth, God's perspective, all of a sudden it begins to shift. It's like a domino effect. Mm. Things begin to change in our life. All of a sudden, when our thoughts change, so do our feelings. Mm. And when our feelings change, so do our behaviors. So I really believe we will be set free from things like addictions, from anger problems, from relationship problems, when we begin to understand the truth and, and apply it to our lives. I think some people need that hope today. Uh, and so I'll show the book as a good first step. This is not necessarily a complete step, and we'll talk about the need to maybe get some help uh, in a second. But Reset is available by Deborah Fileta. I also want to show you her website. This is DebraFileta.com, and she's got a whole network of counselors if you're looking for someone to, to, to talk to. Because, uh, Deborah, I think a lot of times, especially those of us who are uh, in ministry, pastors i've seen this over and over with pastors even like a youth pastor um they don't want to reach out and get help because they will they're afraid for their job you know their income uh they're afraid for their reputation um but i think we are also especially in the church but in a society moving a little more towards we're comfortable saying hey 
I need help. I need, you know, to talk to a Christian counselor. I need to, you know, do something. How, how, how possible is it to do it on our own? Well, I always say life is not a one player game. (laughs) And I really believe that we can't DIY ourselves. You know, we, we live in a world where you just YouTube it and there you go. You, you, you learn how to do it, but there are just some things that you need the guidance and help of a professional. And I, I would say specifically, if you felt stuck on something for many, 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 many years, Mm. it's time to get help. You know, if you're, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety that you can't seem to get unstuck and it's becoming a regular routine part of your life, it's time to get help. There's no need to live under the burden when you can work with someone to help you alleviate that burden and, 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 and teach you and empower you to learn how to do things differently, help you face some of those things from the past. And here's the thing about it. There's no shame because just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're healthy, right? <laughs> Coming to Jesus doesn't magically fix our emotional, our mental, our relational health. These are all muscles that we've got to learn along the way. These are things we've got to practice. You know, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. Yeah. The enemy wants you to stay there. Yeah. But but starting to talk about it and bringing it to the surface, acknowledging it. One of the first practices in this book is acknowledging the areas in our life where we actually need to heal. Because the 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 worst thing you can do is bury it. I always say if you want to preserve something, Go ahead and bury it. Mm. Go ahead and stuff it because it actually lasts longer that way. If Mm. you want to preserve your depression, if you want to preserve your trauma, Mm. if you want to preserve your anxiety, just keep burying it. Keep ignoring it and it will stay as long as you want it to. Mm. But if you want to reveal it, the Lord begins to heal it. And so there's something really powerful when we can acknowledge and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And it begins to lose its power in our life. You know, I I do think there's a scripture that has been misaligned theologically and it's that one that says you know confess your sins one to another we confess our sins to god so that we can be forgiven but the script that scripture about confessing to each other is not about forgiveness it's so that you may be healed yes and then i think we also we we look at you know sin as being also uh you know, iniquity, which is a whole different stage, uh, not under, even understanding right and wrong. It's someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit inside. Uh, yeah. And then we, we view it um, as transgression, whereas we intentionally do something. And those things would be sin as well. But, I mean, sin could just be, it, it's missing the mark, you know, at its core. Uh, and if we feel like, you know, I'm, I'm missing it in this area of confidence or in this area of patience or this area of kindness, I'm just missing it. I think if we talk to someone, uh, and, and I don't think just anyone, but you know, someone with some wisdom, with some godly maturity, we confess these things. We speak them. You know, confession is a verbal thing. Uh, yeah. We start that road to healing. So I mean, I, I really think Scripture has nailed it. We just not necessarily understood it. Uh, and, and so what you're saying really really resonates um it, it's vital what there's been a lot are you getting a lot of calls lately in the last couple of years since all these things are yeah. coming to the service i am and i and that's exactly it i think what's happening is that we're no longer in survival mode 
And, and that's when things begin to come to the surface. You know, if you think about it, when a soldier goes off to war, they are not processing the trauma while they're on the battlefield mm-hmm. because it's survival. I just got to survive. And honestly, since 2020, I feel like many of us have been in survival mode. But lately, life is starting to feel a little bit more safe and secure. And guess what? That's usually when the trauma begins to surface. Mm. Just like when a soldier comes home, that's when the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder come up. That's when the trauma resurfaces. Because it's almost like, okay, now that life is safe and secure, you can pay attention to this stuff now. Deal with me. Deal with me. And I think that's what we're seeing over the past year or so. Some of that stuff is starting to come to the surface. And I think it's confusing people a little bit. It's like, well, I got through that. Why is this happening now? Mm. It's because now is an invitation Mm. to deal with it. Mm. And I like to see it as that, Randy. I think sometimes people feel ashamed. People feel embarrassed. People feel discouraged when these things come up to the surface of their lives that they don't want these embarrassing things, you know, it's like, oh, this sin, this struggle has come back into my life. I don't see it that way. I see it as an invitation to heal on a deeper level than you've ever healed before. God is saying, I'm revealing this. I'm trusting you with this so that I can heal you on an even deeper level and take you further than we would have gone otherwise if you if you remain unhealed. Well, I mean, that's essentially what this program is today. Uh, an invitation to anybody who's watching it, whether you're watching it live or later in the replay or, you know, a year from now, it's God's invitation to you to begin that healing process. So, Deborah, I want to ask you, for someone who is watching this and they're 20 minutes into it and, and they're going, oh, I think I would like to heal, what do you what do you recommend they do? What do, what do they, after they, you know, click off their phone or tablet or laptop, what do they do? Well, I really hope that one thing they do is pick up a copy of Reset mm-hmm. and begin to do the work. And and when I say the work, I think you can read Reset from cover to cover and still not heal because there are some activities to do at the end of each chapter. You're going to grab a journal. You're going to write things down. You're going to make some space in your life to begin thinking through things in a way that you never have before. You're going to invite the Lord to spotlight areas that he's like, okay, now that I've got your attention, Let's focus on this. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. And and I'm going to guide you through that process. I, you know, someone said this is as close uh, to a self-guided counseling session as you could get. And I really like that idea because I, I, I want, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to shine a light on some of those places that the Lord wants to heal. And, and we do it layer by layer. You know, each practice is only about two pages or so. So it's not overwhelming. It's not too much just a little bit at a time. I think the key is taking the first step, get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. begin the process. And, and you'll find that the Lord gives you momentum. Sometimes taking that first step is the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also the most important and you'll look back and be glad that you did. Uh, this is the book, by the way, reset by Deborah Fileta. If you're looking for it, it looks just like that. Get it where you get books at the end of the book, Deborah, you talk about the five stages of change. Uh, and I know we don't have time to get into the full depth of them, but I'd like you to give a little bit of an overview. Yeah. And maybe give a little, some people some, some shape to this and some, some hope for what they can become if they will take yeah. that first step. 
Well, let's remember that healing is not this once and done process, mm. right? Healing happens in layers. And maybe this is a new layer that God is saying, okay, let's, let's deal with this layer. I'm bringing stuff up. Let's deal with it. And so remember that healing is not linear. It doesn't just get better and better. It's a cyclical process. And that's why the stages of change are helpful to know. It starts with pre-contemplation. That's before change is even on your mind. You kind of thought about it, but you really want to stay the same. You'd really prefer to keep eating those unhealthy foods, you know? The next stage of change is contemplation, where all of a sudden you're starting to weigh the pros and cons of change, and it's starting to tip in the direction of change. Maybe you went to your doctor and he said, listen, your cholesterol levels, they are not good. And so now you have all these reasons to change. And, and so contemplation moves you into that that next stage of like, okay, I finally need to do something about this. The next stage, people tend to skip over because the moment they decide to change, they want to jump right into action, but they miss this important stage, which is preparation. You have to prepare for change. You don't just decide to run a marathon today and then run it tomorrow. There has to be preparation in the interim. Yeah. And I really hope that reset can kind of serve people as that preparation of getting yourself ready for change internally as well as externally. You got to come up with a plan. You have to know your obstacles. You have to really understand what's going on underneath the surface. The, the fourth step is the action stage where we finally start to put some of these things into practice. Yeah. And the fifth step is maintenance where all of a sudden, the change is a regular part of my life. And now awesome. I'm in maintenance mode. You know, what? I'm just maintaining it. Oh, and so what, what, what does that look like? Because that's, I mean, that's the rest of your life, essentially. Yeah. Well, well, let me just tell you a story about a, a man that I worked with who had a, a, a struggle with porn. And he finally, he kept falling into it again and again and again and trying to deal with it superficially and putting filters and having some accountability and reading some books. But ultimately, he realized some of this stuff is on the inside mm. and, and tracing it back to those feelings of inadequacy, the need to be seen, the need to, to feel like someone cares about him. And he goes to porn whenever he feels those things and eventually tracing it back to the fact that, you know, he realized he didn't have a close connection with his mom the way that he needed it in childhood. Hmm. And when he began to heal from some of those things, all of a sudden there was a ripple effect and it started changing the way he thought and the things he felt. And then his behavior started to change and he was finally able to break free from pornography. And I see these type of things every day. That's why I believe it to be true. I see it with my own eyes. People change and then they live changed. Mm. Does that mean that it's never going to be a temptation again or it's never going to be a struggle again? No, but that's the anomaly now. When, when you're living a, a different way, you're living in a new way. And I really believe that that's what the Holy Spirit can do in us and through us. You know, I, I don't believe that the words that, that, that God says of creating something new are just words to make us feel good and then we kind of live on with the darkness of our life. I really believe that we can take God at his word mm. and, and we can heal and change in some of these areas of our life. I fully believe that because I've seen it, you know, being in ministry and growing up with my dad, ministering to people, I've seen some radical changes in people's lives. Uh, and, and it reminds me of a saying that my, my former pastor used to say a lot. He would say that, you know, when you become a Christian, you can, you can still sin all you want to. It's just, that God will change your want to. 
<laughs> you know? Yes. And so if you're watching and you want to change, you want to heal, you want your thoughts and feelings, uh, and therefore your words and actions, and which affects everything, your relationships. I mean, it, 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 it all flows from there. Uh, if you want to change, you can. Uh, and if you need a little help, you can check out the website at DebraFaletta.com. Tell, tell them real quick about the network of uh, counselors that you've got available. Yeah, I've got a team of wonderful Christ-centered counselors who love Jesus, but they're trained and they, they're trained in the area of counseling and psychology. Um, they're, they're led and supervised by me, and they really believe in the idea that we can help you alleviate the problem in the present and also help you get to the roots of where it began from the past. So, so we can heal on deeper levels and we can change on deeper levels. And so if you feel stuck and you feel like, yeah, I want to start reset, but I also want to work with somebody, help me go through this process, the Deborah Fleta Counselors Network would be so privileged and honored to help you on the journey of healing. Take that first step. Uh, and if you know somebody that needs to take that first step, you can lovingly and politely forward this, share it with them. If you haven't liked or subscribed or followed, we would invite you to do that. Check out Reset. It's available wherever you get books, and uh, it can get good. There's hope for you. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.